You're listening to Geeks Unleashed, a podcast that covers what's current in the world of pop culture. I'm Mark Brassington, and I'm in London. And I'm Jasmine in Texas. Hello, welcome to Geeks Unleashed, just episode 98. Uh, I'm Mark. And I'm Jasmine. Uh, new episodes come out most Wednesdays. And, um, we do what so, we can. <laughs> <laughs> there are thereabouts. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, we are ever getting closer to that epic 100th episode. We are two episodes away from that. Wow, two episodes away. That's crazy. I know. I can't believe it. So, yeah, that just... Time flies a, when you're having fun. That's for sure. Yeah, I was reflecting that a minute ago. Like, this kind of came out of COVID. Yeah. And, uh, and like, what well, COVID's kind of... Well, not, not gone, but, like... It's it's lingering. Free, freedom, <laughs> freedom, freedom has returned. Yeah, a little, um, little bits, little bits. Oh man! All right. So before we get started, if you are watching on YouTube, thank you so much. We would also really appreciate it if you would like this video and subscribe to our channel. And if you are listening on your favorite podcast platform, we appreciate that as well. We would also really love it if you could give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or Spotify. Uh, on this week's episode, we're going to be reviewing both part one and two of the seventh Harry Potter movie. Um, the Deathly then, Hallows. So, and then, <clears throat> yeah, so that's it. Yeah, Deathly Hallows, part one and two. <laughs> okay, so Mark and I have been texting this week because oh, yeah, yeah. We, we have a difference of opinion that is of epic proportions, like the falling out that we had over the Queen's Gambit. Um, so... Mark has finished. I have not finished. We have been watching Miss Marvel. I love it. I think it's fantastic. The music is awesome. I think the characters are so fun. So I texted Mark and I was like, oh my God, Miss Marvel's so great. He's like, oh my God, Miss Marvel's so boring. I'm like, what? So, like, I like the characters. Okay. I, I actually think the cast is strong. I think the acting's strong. Uh huh. I mean, clearly, big budget, uh, special effects, great, setting, great. I love the fact that Marvel are embracing different parts of the universe and it's yeah. not all um, white Captain America, which is great also, like with the Falcon too, you know. Yes. Um, but I love the fact that actually this is not, um, uh, I don't know, like it's kind of, I don't even know really if we've covered, so obviously we've got Shang-Chi. Yeah. And like, Obviously, Luke Cage was in uh, Harlem. Yeah. Uh, we had Moon Knight, which mostly took place in Egypt. Oh, I haven't watched Moon Knight. Oh. Um, that's yeah. the one I haven't watched. But anyway, what I like is how probably in the beginning, Marvel was very um, blockbuster heavy. Yeah. Less, less culturally driven. Yeah. But as things have moved on, you know, we have things like Luke Cage in Harlem and, and Shang-Chi and... Mm-hmm. Um, and even like finally Black Widow, a female lead movie, and it's just I, you know I, I I think it's great like Miss Marvel, you know, a female teen led superhero show mm-hmm. who's a Muslim and obviously set you know a whole Muslim family as well. Uh, I think all of that's brilliant. I'm not not got any issue with any of that. I think that's great. And actually, that stuff I find really interesting. Um, I think just yeah, all of that's great. I just think it's just too slow. Like, uh, I, I watched it. I watched yeah, yeah. it. Like, I, I, I didn't like hate or anything. Like, I just, just 
I don't know. I uh-huh. think like that episode where I, it's probably the second episode where they're like really gearing up to go to that comic convention. Like, yeah, I, that was so relatable. Like begging your parents at 12 to go somewhere, knowing damn good and well that they're not going to let you go by yourself. Uh, like mm-hmm. sneaking out of the house, do that. Kind of, like I see so much of my younger years in this series and maybe that's why I enjoy it so much. But like, I just like, as I watch it, I'm so sucked into what's happening that it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel long or lengthy or slow to me. I don't know. I think it would have benefited from being a two hour TV movie. Like, no, it needed more than that. Cause we I, got all the backstory I, and all that no, stuff. I, yeah. And I always argue like for more backstory. Yeah. Still really like, I don't know. It's, it just felt too long and that's quite a stretch mm. when i like also i've argued it the other way like iron yeah. fist iron fist was way too long like um iron fist was not i think I, I think just <laughs> i think some of the jessica jones seasons were too long um, yeah well but those so, also were 13 13 yeah. 10 to 13 and i think like marvel has really found the sweet spot with disney six, plus yeah. like six six is good because it forces you to tell a tighter story I think um, Marvel did argue with Netflix about that, and Netflix were like, no, 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 no. Yeah, well, I mean, speaking of Marvel Netflix, not that we had this piece down there, but, like, uh, they've started bringing on more and more characters from the Daredevil series uh, to be part of the Disney Plus series, so that's Mm. a good sign that they're resurrecting that Daredevil because Daredevil was just so, so good. I mean, it was so so good. I loved all of the characters. Do you know, like, if I have never fully written a top 10 list of TV shows for myself, like, I kind of started to write it a while ago. And um, I think we might have done like a year, like, we do one year's worth of TV shows and we picked up. We, when we had the Geeks Unleashed website, we, we definitely did that before with the rest of our writers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, what I mean is I was writing like a personal uh, list of TVs. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Um, I need to add Daredevil on there. I've decided. No, right. Okay, this is my. Uh, okay, there's eight shows on here. Okay. Uh, I was being like, I was really, I was still being quite picky on what I wanted to add in. This All right, lay it on me. What you got? Breaking Bad. Okay. Better Call Saul. Okay. Lost. Okay. Fringe. Okay. The Wire. Oh, okay, okay. Banshee. Yes, yes, Banshee. Okay. I'm not sure about this next one. It might need to come off. Uh, the Walking Dead. Okay. I mean, yeah. It's okay. up and down. It's yeah. up and down. It's, like, yeah. And the, the next one I know you'll love, Justified. Yes. Yes. Excellent. I lo- Justified and Banshee would definitely be in my top five TV series of yeah. all time. I think sure. Daredevil needs to go on that list. I was kind of like, this, this is something I started about two years ago. I was like, really, fun. this is like my own personal top 10 list. I was like, yeah. Like two. But yeah, I think Daredevil should go on there. It's like one of the best TV shows ever made. It's just such a good show. It's so good. One thing I'm really worried about is when I know Disney are going to bring it back. Please, please, like, keep keep it as it was. Please don't pour water all over it. Like, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I think, I think they've done well with the Disney Plus content that they have put out. Um, so I, I have high hopes I th- because I think like there's a little bit more leniency on Disney plus versus like if they were to do a, a film, 
So I think they'll keep the tone. I think they'll keep it dark. Now, do I think they might not go so far as to ever bring back like a Punisher series that might be a bit much for Disney Plus, but mm. I think they can definitely keep keep Daredevil at the level that it was before, for sure. Oh, love another Punisher show. Okay. I love the Punisher. Punisher was so good. Like John Berenthal was the perfect casting for Frank Castle. Like he is so good in that series. I can't remember the actress's name. It was in season two, but you know how he like took her on as like a father. Figure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'd love to see that dynamic like between the two of them and how yeah. it starts at the beginning. She doesn't want to know, and then by the end of it, they're like sort of hugging and yeah, like you could see that they really yeah that thought. I think if it was real world, I think he wouldn't have never let her go. I, yeah. I think I think he'd definitely build that bond between her. Yeah. And they're clear clearly she was a one season character, but just it was just I love seeing the the relationship between the two of them. It's like um I've heard you mention this before, like found family, but it was definitely yes. like that. I do and, I do uh, love that trope. I, I and, uh, that trope will never be old to me. But anyway, we should do the whole Geeks and Niche episode just talking about Daredevil, the Defenders show. Oh we, yeah, totally. Like, Sign me up, I'm down. <laughs> Um, anyway, so yeah, Miss Marvel, it's okay. It's there's a, it. it's really weird. There's a lot I like about it. Mm-hmm. I just think it's too slow. It's too slow. I just oh, don't yeah. see it. I don't see it. Anyway, but I like at least at least it's not. It it can't possibly be as boring and slow as the Queen's Gambit. I refuse Gambit to believe that. Ph- Queen's Gambit is phenomenal TV. Terrible. It was like the worst um, show I watched last year. You must have just. Thanks for it. that, Mark. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so you you kind of know about the ending of Miss Marvel because mm-hmm. you told me about it before yeah, I finished sorry. the show. Uh, <laughs> I'd better just stay away from all spoilers. And then you text me going, "Oh yeah," and then the end of Miss Marvel I was like, what? "Sorry, sorry, my bad." Uh, I'm usually better yeah. about that. My bad. At that point, I'd only watched up to episode four, and I was like. So to my wife, I was like, Do you know what? Whatever we were watching, I stopped and said, No, I just literally had a spoiler come into my messages. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, That's my bad, my bad. What's, That's my what's bad. Annoying, what's annoying, by the way, before we talk about the end, yeah. um, so after our text message conversation, I ended up in a text message with some of our, our um, friends on the Bad Batch, uh-huh. Fat Fable and Steph, also agree with you, um, that they think Miss Marvel is phenomenal. I just don't know what you got to drink it. Like, just don't get it. But, yeah, oh, they, man. I'm telling you. They, like, that's uh, that to me, that is the most relatable series that I have watched on Disney Plus, like of the Marvel things. Like, it was. Yeah. It just, it reminded me of oh, me. I get, like, I think I get, that's probably I get, why I like it so much. I get that it can be relatable. I also think that's pretty boring. Uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> Uh, anyway, let's talk about the ending quickly. Yes, you've ruined it for me. Let's ruin it for everybody else if you haven't watched it. So, yeah, spoilers. Um, hey. So the end, the end, I'll be honest with you, I didn't really so much care about mm-hmm. the two things that happened. Um, one of them I did think was a bit of a surprise, considering the whole of season, uh, the whole of the first season, if there is a second season, I don't know. Um, her powers were by some gauntlet. And at mm-hmm. the end, one of her friends makes a mention that her DNA has like a mutation in them. And dun dun dun. So in the comics, um, Kamala is inhuman, and yeah. now I think that Marvel will not make her inhuman. 
I think they will make her a mutant in the TV or the movies because I think they might want to stay away from the disaster that was in humans. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they might because obviously in Doctor Strange. Um, now, who do we blame for Inhumans? Because they weren't they like a direct spinoff of Agents of Shield, or am so I just no, making that up? No, so Agents of Shield did have uh, Inhumans as well, uh, and Inhumans. I think if it had been popular, they may have linked it to Agents of Shield. Okay, but they they did it separately enough that it stood completely on its own. Yeah, and there was no reference to Agents of Shield in that series, and, and vice versa. They had. It was never mentioned either way around. Okay. It was pretty, pretty much down the line. So Inhumans was meant to be a movie and then they decided to make a TV show and it was a really, really bad TV show. Yeah. Uh, however, um, the guy, or some crap with names, the guy who played Black Bolt. Anson Mount. Yeah, Anson Mount. Mm-hmm. Um, he's busy now. It's Captain Pike. Yeah, but you know, he's so good. I like <laughs> anyway, all right, so he obviously made it. Have you seen Doctor Strange yet? Or no. Not? Have not, not seen, seen Doctor Strange, have not seen Thor, Love and Thunder. I am no, extremely behind. No, I've not seen Thor either, but do you know? Uh, at this point, like, I don't care. It's on Disney okay, Plus. Okay. Maybe I'll watch it this weekend. Okay. There's a there's a cameo by Black Bolt in okay. Doctor Strange. Okay. Um, so, spoilers. But I also never watched Inhumans. Like, I know who Black Bolt is, but, like, I don't, it's, I don't know it's what not, happened not, it's not. It's not, like, a life-changing cameo. But like, okay. Um, there's a because obviously it's a multiverse. Yeah. Cat Doctor Strange is obviously yes. Madness of the moment. So that's it's a cool little thing they do with yeah. like, having having Black Bolt in it for like probably no more than five minutes. Yeah, but I also um, know that there is a Reed Richards in uh, Doctor Strange as well. Um, okay, so you did know about that. Bit, yeah, so, I knew that. Um, so they they had that, but yeah. So anyway, I'm, where am I going with this? Miss Marvel, yeah, just terrible. But anyway, so I think that they will have her be a mutant rather than human that's my guess but maybe they won't because of the black bolt thing i don't know could it could it be a human could it be a mutant i don't know decisions it, decisions i think probably marvel it probably didn't open for themselves if anything so, yeah i mean mutant might work because isn't wanda a mutant marvel's a mutant uh wanda is a mutant yeah so uh and then it ends with after the titles there's a um basically they bring captain marvel to yeah uh, how could they not yes right. and i mean it's pretty much a, it's a non-speaking part it's literally 10 seconds yeah so um but yeah it was pretty cool i'm glad that they brought her in at the end the mm-hmm. two characters don't meet though miss marvel and captain marvel do not meet yeah so saving they, say, that. they clearly are saving that for the marvels anyway yes but marvels um, actually the marvels is the reason that we got miss marvel so much sooner miss marvel was supposed to come out i think in 2023 they pushed up production because they wanted this series to be released before they release the marvels mm-hmm. so. it, it does do you know though like i did like the actress who played kamala i did like oh yeah the amani valani she is so like she is just so charming yeah I, I don't know. I, I love it. So I, I got to finish Miss Marvel. I eventually got to get around to watching Doctor Strange. Like, I don't know what happened. I fell off the nerd wagon. I got to get back on the nerd wagon. Yeah. I, I, I would say one of the things I did like about her character was that she's not an orphan. She's not, yeah. she's not super rich. She's, yeah. she, she comes you know, from a two parent household. Like, yeah, she's yeah. a kid that lives in the suburbs. Like, and she's she, like, she's kind of treating the superior business like fun, which mm-hmm. is very rare. So, yeah. I but it's that. also it makes sense because she's so young. Like, I, re- I really want to see, and I know before we started recording, you talked about her and Miles Morales. 
but like obviously Peter Parker is kind of her age. Oh, yeah. yeah, isn't there like a Young Avengers run that has like all of those characters together in there? Uh, I mean, it's been there's a new Avengers I think book with Miss Marvel and Mars Morales, and then uh, they're in, they've got their own superhero team called the Champions now. Mm, okay. So I've read a couple of issues of the Champions, but not much, not not that many. So. Mm. But yeah, actually, to be honest with you, it did make me interested in reading some comics with Ms. Marvel. Yeah, it made me want to pick up some too. So I think uh, I might look into doing that also. Just because like, I am so not familiar with any of these like younger characters that Marvel has. I started reading um, the first couple of issues of the current run of um, Miles Morales. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's okay. Like, um, I've only read the first four issues, but yeah, it's like, it's all right um just all right anyway yeah i think i've got the whole run like up to yeah. like issue 40 or something and i have to say the covers of the later issues look a lot darker mm-hmm. and i think i'll prefer it as it goes <laughs> on so okay um anyway this week i also caught up on obi-wan kenobi miniseries okay uh, have you seen that or not no i still haven't even seen what what is it mando three and, oh no, no no there's only two so. okay no i only watched uh, the first episode of season two i never watched uh boba fett, boba fett. i haven't I'm seen i'm I, again so behind no, I'm, so behind. i'm gonna do Bo- i'm gonna do boba fett over the summer but um anyway everyone can be really good i thought like yeah. amazing amazing last episode how is it like, to have hayden back do you know it's done well like it's good. done well like so obviously um He's not the voice of Darth Vader, but he's no. there as he put. Well, he was in the suit, yeah. and there is, a, and there is a little bit where the mask gets destroyed a little bit, and you can mm-hmm. see Hayden in the suit. And there's flashbacks of Hayden as well, uh, yeah. which is cool. Um, no, I think it did really well. I, I, th- I really don't want them to do any more. I think it was a nice one and done. I, I think so, and it was good okay. how they've connected Obi Wan with Luke and Leah. Mm-hmm. So now it makes me think. It kind of played in my mind that when we see Leah obviously in, in A New Hope, how she wanted to send a message to everyone. Yeah. This this miniseries kind of gives them a relationship, which now makes sense for A New Hope as to how she would suddenly know about Obi-Wan. Okay. Um, All right. So, but no, it was good. I really enjoyed it. Like, um, I can't, I can't really fault it, to be honest. There was probably some elements of slowness again. Um, but I think for me, I was a, I didn't really care because like we've been wanting him to come back for so long. Yeah. Um, and I think they did it well. I'm actually glad they didn't bring it back as a TV series or as a movie. And I think this TV series worked well. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. Anyway, that is that up? is on the long list of things to eventually so, watch. Other than the two Harry Potter films I watched this week and yeah. this Marvel and maybe one I've not watched. Good lord. <laughs> I said no, finish them. I'd already started them, but I finished them. So. Oh my goodness, that's a lot. Anyway um do you want to add in or do you want to move on uh no we can head to news so uh i'll kick off with netflix everyone's favorite streamer uh it is earnings season okay so lots and lots and lots of companies are reporting on how well or how poorly they did in the second quarter of 2022 netflix has released their numbers and (laughs) We were giving them shit because at the end of the first quarter, they said, oh, we lost 200,000 subscribers. And they followed that up in the second quarter by losing a million subscribers. So now 
in the six months, first six months of 2022, Netflix has lost 1.2 million subscribers in six months. So uh, they got some issues that they need to figure out. Now they're talking about doing all this kind of stuff, like cutting back or cracking down on password sharing and maybe having like an ad supported service, which they might partner with Microsoft on that. So like, I don't know when I'm, when I pay for the streamers, like, I don't, I don't like the ads. Like, why do I have to pay? It's, I'm already paying you money. Like, why do I have to pay you more money? I don't understand. Well, I'm, assu- I'm assuming it's probably uh, like a lower cost. Like, I, mean, I don't know. So, I, I don't know. So it's like, I don't know what your pay- fees are, like $10 a month or whatever. So I'm at, I, thir- I think I'm at uh, 11, but that's because yeah. like, I don't have HD. So yeah. if I had HD Netflix, it would be like 16 or 17, I think. That's a big jump, really, just for HD. Yeah, just for HD. I was like, fuck it, I'm not, I'm not paying okay. that. <laughs> okay, so so say you pay 11. What I'm assuming is mm-hmm. like a lower one could be like $4 or $5, but it comes with ads. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, what. I don't I mean, it, I don't think I would drop to anything less than what I have now, but like, I'm just hoping that ad supported is not started at the base level where I am. Like, like oh, you no, said, I- if they do a lower tier, okay, fine. But like, don't put existing people in oh, no, I'm, assuming, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it's a lower supported one to get people back. Yeah. Like, because maybe people are cutting costs and, you know, and you see this whole yeah. cost of living crisis. Maybe like, yeah. so I'll be honest with you, I've um, stopped Netflix um, at home because like no one was watching it. Yeah. Um, but it's so funny I- because they're like so desperate. They also kept saying like, we really want a big we want a big thing like us. We want a Star Wars or we want a Marvel. And everybody's like, but when Star Wars first came out, Star Wars was not Star Wars. Like it was something that built into what so it has become. Um, but I'm like, you guys have Stranger Things. Like that is that is probably your biggest original series that you yeah. have. So like, why don't you nurture what you have instead of always trying to chase the like untouchables? Because I would mm-hmm. definitely consider like, Star Wars and at this point Marvel are in that untouchable category. Like you can't, you can't be them. You have you have to do something different. Yeah. Also with them, don't give up on what you know. Like um, what was that crap show that we watched? Um, it's Netflix season. It was only one season. It got cancelled straight away. The- oh, Justice Jupiter. The Jupiter Jupiter's Legacy. Thank you. Like, yeah, there we which go. Was, uh, which was awful. Yeah. Like, but but could have potentially been saved in the season two if yeah. we were a bit of a rejig. Um, I think it had the potential to go on. Mm-hmm. Um, so what? Yeah, it had a really good cast. Like, yeah. And um, why don't you just do a season two and rejig it? There's loads of shows that have like been rejigged for season two. Yeah. Uh, or like, don't discount your animation stuff because I think yeah. Castlevania was probably one of the, my favorite things on Netflix. I absolutely love that series. And I know I'm not the only one. So I don't know. Netflix is having all kinds of issues. They have no idea what they want to do. They don't know how to position themselves in the market anymore. Um, I think they just got a little bit too complacent on putting all of their eggs in the subscriber basket. Like they need to find other ways to make money. If Netflix would release their properties on like Blu-ray, they could probably recoup a lot of the money from subscribers that they lose. But like, they don't do that. Like they don't have that physical kind of product that people can take and keep with them. Um, mm. And I think that should probably be an avenue that they branch out into, like make your content available for people who want to pay for ind- individual pieces of it. 
versus making someone subscribe, you know? Yeah, I, yeah, I could say that because like, do I want to subscribe to Netflix for the rest of my life? Yeah, Not exactly. Really. Exactly. Really. Like, because I'm. Or yeah. do I want to spend a hundred bucks, get five seasons of Stranger Things, and then call it a day? Like, spend all this money on a special box set, or you know, whatever. Oh, yeah, like, people yeah. love to collect shit. Well, I used to, but then. You I have a collect. garage full of stuff that you collect, sir. No, comics. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have some figures uh, too. Uh, I don't have many DVDs or Blu-ray anymore. Like, yeah. I'll be honest. I used to have a hell of a lot of uh, DVDs. Yeah, or even like being able to, yeah, (laughs) very true. (laughs) Or like make it a digital download, right? Like, I I have bought the last few movies that I bought have been digital downloads. So, like, make your content accessible to people who just want to buy that one thing and and be done with it. Because like you, I feel like you just you're leaving money on the table by not not making that accessible. Anyway, Netflix, get your shit together, please. I wonder if this is like heading down territory of someone buying them. So, uh, Ooh, if someone were to buy them, who's big enough? Who would be big enough to take on the Netflix library? Yeah, I don't know. Like, It'd have to be somebody maybe, like uh, Hulu or Amazon Prime, maybe. Paramount, Paramount Plus? I doubt it. I don't think Paramount has that kind of money. Amazon does, though. Yeah, Amazon does. Um, maybe that's maybe that's what they need. Am- to be honest, Amazon hasn't got a heavy amount of content. Maybe some sort of purchase of netflix put all that content over maybe mm-hmm. say goodbye to the netflix brand put it on amazon prime do you know yeah. what? i don't reckon amazon would get say goodbye to the netflix brand do what i don't think amazon if they bought them would say goodbye to the netflix brand no it would be netflix by amazon probably yeah. some some yeah. they would be a combination of the two because they don't want to lose the brand recognition that comes with netflix yeah i think do you know what i think if amazon bought netflix they probably would put all the amazon stuff over onto netflix because i yeah. think the brand is much stronger, mm-hmm. but I think Amazon's got more money. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Well. Amazon could buy Netflix like 15 times over and then some. But yeah, then, then Netflix would have their winner because they'd have that new Lord of the Rings TV series that probably yeah. no one's going to care about. <laughs> oh, way to throw that shade in there, Mark. <laughs> I'm, I'll watch it. I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not... I never watched those Hobbit movies, so... I don't know. Do you know what? I, I we'll move on in a second, but like I watched the first Hobbit movie when it came out, and I thought it was crap. And then I went back, no, but I went back and rewatched it years later. And actually, I didn't mind it. And then mm-hmm. I carried on with the other two, and I actually didn't mind it. Now they really did milk, you know, that cow. Because there was did. no there was no need for three movies. Yeah, of course. But they like, did. but I enjoyed it actually, like when I went back. Um, the Lord of the Rings trilogy was far better, but the Hobbit, I didn't mind. Like, okay. So I'm, I'm not missing much. No, I don't think you should watch it. I personally think you should watch it. Like, okay. I think now you might prefer it because there's no hype now. People aren't. This is another thing sometimes when there's too much hype, I actually get a bit annoyed. And I'm like, yes, oh, no, like we did it. with Harry Potter. Yeah, like I didn't want to wa- I didn't want to watch it. So. Yeah. But then when I went back years later, when people calmed down and found something else to talk about, yeah, um, I quite enjoyed it. So um, okay. Anyway. Netflix. Interesting to see. Yeah, I don't. We don't. I don't know. I mean, we gonna find out. I think the trouble is though. I think the reason why Netflix did so well for years, there was no competition. Mm-hmm. Everybody, Marvel, DC, you name it, was putting all their stuff onto Netflix. Yep. Now they're like, actually, 
Yeah. We're bigger than Let's Netflix. do our own thing. So Let's Netflix do. got so big so fast that yeah. everybody else, that Netflix then became the target, right? Yeah. Netflix put Blockbuster and like Hollywood video, all of the video stores out of business. Mm. And then Netflix became the thing that had the target on its back. So once everybody figured out, oh, so this is what they're doing, like we can do that ourselves. And that's exactly what everybody else did. Plus now that outside is open again, no, people are not spending as much time at home as they have been for the past two years. So yeah, for two years, like you paid for every streaming service under the sun just because you needed something to do, right? But like now you have options. Like you can go to the right. theater again. You can go out to, you know, sport games. Yeah. Like there's so much other stuff to do that Netflix didn't compensate for like how they pull you from other forms of entertainment. One of my mates with cinemas um, signed up to our local cinema uh, unlimited pass, £15 pounds a month. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's not bad, you know, my £15 pounds a month. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to pay that anyway. But like, yeah, well, I might pay it if I know that I can do it for, say, three months because it's always like June to like September or something. Yeah, it's the summer season. Like all the good films come out. But if yeah. it's like a year, I'm like, nah, I'm not going to go like all year round like four times a month. But like, but that is more appealing to me at the moment than Netflix because I'll be honest with you there's nothing on Netflix I care about like I've, yeah. I haven't watched Stranger Things so I will sign back up again and finish watching Stranger Things yeah but then I'm like I'm probably gonna dip out again so yeah yeah I've only been watching reruns of stuff like I've been watching a lot of K-dramas on Netflix I watch some anime on Netflix that's about it I'm not I'm not caught up on like the current stuff but we'll see anyway so I've got no segue here, but it's kind of, I was like, so I was going to be like, so actually, no, the segue here, talking of streaming platforms, Apple TV. Yeah, there you go. Good one. That's my segue. (laughs) uh, So talking about Apple TV, I'm going to be making a live action uh, Monsterverse TV series. It's going to star Kurt Kurt Russell, (coughs) who actually, shockingly, hasn't done TV since 1977. So he's done, yeah, he's also, done movie, more movie stuff. Yeah, he's yeah. Uh, anyway, he's going to be joined by his son, Wyatt Russell. Um, basically, uh, there's no knowledge on the roles they're going to play. However, the TV series is going to be set in the same shared universe as those recent Godzilla films and uh, Kong, and Kong. Kong Skull Island, yeah. Yeah, King of the Monsters and Godzilla vs. Kong. Um, essentially, uh, a little bit I've got here is it's a, it's a family trying to uncover sort of the truth of the monarch organization and their yeah. family and how they link to it, etc. etc. Yeah. Um, first two episodes are going to be di- uh, directed by Matthew Shackman, who did WandaVision. Um, oh, okay, all right, so uh, all right, look at right, Apple TV poaching from Disney Plus, yeah. So, <laughs> um, okay so thoughts on this like i think it's pretty cool like to have a tv series set in that universe find out more about monarch i love those films i the last film i'm not too keen on but the rest of them were brilliant i really do not my favorite out of all of them was skull island skull island was so skull island was really good i will definitely give you like skull island was just so so good i i really enjoyed skull island i also liked um the second godzilla what was that king of the monsters that one yeah i like that was really good 
Yeah, I think King of the Monsters and um, Skull Island were the best ones. Yeah, for sure. The first Godzilla was okay. Um, yeah. And the, um, the most recent one, Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah, did not, not so enjoy, good. we both said this, but did not enjoy Mechagodzilla. Um, I just think it was poorly done. But also, like, I didn't like how they changed the tone of the film to be as humorous as it was. Like, I, it did not need that element. But I do love the idea of a TV show spinoff from that universe of films because, like, I love a good TV series about a shady organization. Like, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff I think is just so cool. Like, any kind of mystery element. Like, like if you look at something like Fringe, like, or even Lost, oh, yeah. like, or Resident Evil with Umbrella Corp. I mean, like, yeah. granted, that's based on a video game, but still, like, it's it's one of those things where it's like, it's always so interesting to see how people play the good guy or the civilian or, you know, whatever against the shady evil corporation. So I would be definitely be interested to see, especially if we get a little bit more background into Monarch and how Monarch came to be like this big organization that actually has Titans at their fingertips. No, I agree with you. I love things like um, shady organizations where like, we, like Lost, for instance, Honestly, that's yeah. one of the best shows ever. But like, I do love the whole mystery organization and yeah. just literally you know you kind of peel back one layer mm-hmm. and then you like put it back and you're like there's another five more to pull exactly off. and um and yeah fringe was brilliant for that like and i remember reading about fringe saying if they decided a decision to make that they would resolve mysteries as they went along mm-hmm. but also setting up the next mystery yeah so, yeah like I so yeah, I'm I'm hoping Monarch's like that. I, yeah, it'd be, it'd be really good though if Monarch was like the next Fringe or Lost. Yeah, right. So. Like, oh, like what else do they have their finger? To, I, I think that's I that's a good angle for a TV show. Like instead yeah. of focusing so much on the Titans, like focus on the organization that is manipulating all of this stuff. Like I think that'll be really good. I've never watched anything on Apple TV, but I think I think a lot of the stuff that Apple TV does is pretty like people seem to like it. Right. Yeah, do you know, I started watching I watched the first couple of episodes of um oh what's his name? God plays Aquaman. Um Oh the C. Uh, yeah, C. I started watching the first couple of episodes of C. I do want to go back to that. What I, what I have noticed from Apple TV is all high quality. Mm-hmm. So I've seen trailers of things, but yeah, I want to yeah. watch um oh the space one. Um crap, I forgot the name of it. I didn't know Apple up. TV had a space one. Yeah, like, oh, no. Gonna really annoy <laughs> I love space the name of it. No, oh, it's set in an alternate, like, 1960s um, where the space race continued. Um, huh. uh, oh, um, for all mankind. Yeah, yeah. I want to watch that. Yeah. Like, yeah, for all mankind. Oh, I've just found it out. Yeah. yeah, I really want to watch for all mankind. It's on its third season. Yeah. I, I, I want to try and do that over the summer, too. So... You got a lot of stuff to do over the summer, man. Yeah, it's going to be hot, but I'm going to somehow find the time. There's a lot of things I want to catch up on. Book of yeah. Fair is one of them. Um, I would like to do Before Mankind. There's mm-hmm. a lot of shows I want to catch up on. So we will yeah. see how the summer goes. I may yep. not even get the time to watch any of it. So, well, Godspeed uh, to you, sir. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> in summary, there's no new, there's no release date, there's no film date, but I I'm excited. Like, yeah, Kurt I'd Russell, be interested to see where this goes, where this universe goes. I think I think it's great that Kurt and his son are both going to get the show. I assume they'll probably be following the son in the TV show. Yeah, it's going to be set in the same universe as his films. We probably will have cameos. Let's be honest. Apple TV will pay the money and get yeah. some of them over. Call us, and, Apple, uh, please. 
Come on. I didn't mean our cameos. But like, <laughs> I uh, mean our cameos. Dear Apple uh, TV, you are Geeks Unleashed favorite streaming service. Please <laughs> put us in your new TV series. Thanks. You just said we've never watched anything from that. But anyway. Um, I'll yeah, delete I, that part. <laughs> many, I reckon like many Bobby Brown's probably too busy, but like yeah. they probably could get some other people, but you never know. She might show up. So. Well, we got to see. Oh, not that many people survived <laughs> the film though. I mean, they've I'm got sure. Brian Tyree Henry, uh, the, the kid from school and the dad. So, so those are the only option. The mum the didn't survive, did she? No, nah, she didn't make it. No, no. She That's a shame. She, I reckon that actress would have come in the show. Oh, yeah. I love Vera. Oh, Vera from yeah. So, you know, we're still talking about that, but and we will move on to... The meat Harry and Potter. potatoes. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, parts one and two. Yes. Directed by David Yates, screenplay by Steve Loves, based on Harry Potter and Deathly Hallows by, J- by J.K. Rowling. So... Yeah, and it, if we're in the end game now, it is literally all of the same people that you are very familiar with from all of the first six films. So there, there are not new faces, but we got a lot of returning faces in this one. No, we did get a new face in part two. Mundingus. No, the um, the uh, the lady, the the ghost lady. Uh, uh, oh, Helena Ravenclaw. Yeah, 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 yeah. Her, yeah. So she's new. Wait, wait. One, one ghost was new. Yeah. <laughs> you know, fun fact, we'll get to more fun facts later, but fun fact, they approached Kate Winslet to play Helena Ravenclaw. And Kate Winslet's agent was like, y'all got me fucked up if you think I'm about to let Kate do this 10 minute sequence in your film. So we almost had Kate Winslet as Helena Ravenclaw. Oh, she should have let her do it. <laughs> the agent was like, nah, man, no. Well, I mean, that would have been a brilliant scene to have done. Like, <laughs> oh, come on. People were, like, throwing themselves at, like, Star Wars just to play Stormtroopers. Oh, like, yeah. Harry Potter's a massive franchise. I bet Kate Winslet's actually probably not very happy with that agent. She probably would have loved to have been in it for 10 minutes. Agent said no. So there you go. Uh, anyway, go on. Uh, right, so... Okay, so budget part one and uh, parts one and part two budget. They were filmed together, 250 million US dollars. Uh, the previous movie was 150 million ish. And so they released separately. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> part one at the box office made 977 million. Uh, That's a lot of millions. No, no. And then part two shocks me how part two made. Anyway, it made 1.3 billion at a box office. That is a two for one if I have ever seen one. They spent the same budget. I'm pretty sure six might have also had like a 250 or 200 million dollar budget. That's one film with one budget. So they had 250 million dollars split across two films. And we got over the billion mark. Like, are you kidding me? That you are making money hand over fist by splitting this into two films. Is unnecessary by so many, like, <laughs> so many words. Like originally, uh, they said they had a 500-page script and they had to do something because they didn't want to cut the script too much. So splitting the film was the only thing that they could do to keep the story as meaty yeah. as it was. There's a lot they should have cut, right? So, like, <laughs> do you know, like, I don't hate it on either of these films, but like when I rewatched them, I was like, they should have made this one film. They should have just made it a three-hour movie. Well, that would have been hard because the first part was two and a half hours. Yeah, 
I know. Yeah. So the first part is where they should have done most of the cut. How would have that? Well, yeah. So anyway, summary of this movie. Essentially, it follows straight from number six. Yes. So number six was a good setup <clears> on this. Horcruxes. And actually, mm-hmm. to be honest, what you realise is that all six films were building up to this from the very beginning of yep. actually Voldemort himself tied into literally the origins of Harry Potter, mm-hmm. you know, when his parents died. And we get to revisit and sort of go around the whole world. And actually, yeah. what I didn't realise was it's kind of almost nicely sets up the Fantastic Beasts films. So, yeah. Which, of some... course, like when this first came out, you didn't know that because we didn't know that no. we were getting those. Um, yeah. yeah. Like just the, the little references of Grindelwald. Right. And actually, like Grindelwald's mentioned quite a few times. Yes. So, it, I, I mean, at the time, probably went straight out of my head. Mm-hmm. But rewatching them, I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so summary of the movie basically, Harry, Ron, and Hermione end the sixth film with you know we've got to go up and save the world yep um this film completely disregards all of the previous um movies you know obviously how i said they were kind of um the openings or the, yeah, the yeah, format yeah. they, uh, they the open format. with the dursleys we go to school yeah, yeah, we spend the yeah. year at school yeah no this one yeah that, that, that format is gone. gone they kind of kind of drop in on yeah that format, they keep like the time show. timing because the first film is set over a very long period of time whereas the second film it's like a day and a half yeah so the first film kind of almost <clears> is like the school year they show <throat> they drop in on the train journey and they, we do get to go back to um hogwarts but and it all ties it up nicely with a huge battle at the end as as it can only ever be ended of course uh, we got we got a lot of revelations throughout the franchise it ties it up nicely because it's a nice little bow finishes it off quite well um but yeah so like if you haven't seen these films like i don't want to you can't be listening to this now if you haven't yeah. seen it so i mean you can't really summarize eight films into one thing but i think easiest is like the the payoff is there mm-hmm. i think that the these these two films definitely for all of the effort that you put into watching this franchise like the payoff is there in these so yeah let's do some fun facts so okay well this was one of my um one of my favorite kind of sequences is uh in in the film we get to a point where harry comes back to hogwarts mm-hmm. and blames snape for everything still not quite realizing that snape was a double agent and there is a sequence where mcgonagall and snape fight in the great hall where they duel they have dueling yeah, wands yeah in the great hall originally now the scene was in the book Originally, the scene was not going to be in the film. In the film version, they wanted to have Harry duel with Snape. And J.K. Rowling herself was like, no, absolutely not. And she stepped up and said, this sequence cannot be excluded. You have to put this from the book into the film. Like, McGonagall has to be the one to do this. And so she fought really hard to keep that true to the book. Um, So... Yeah, because the first part, the film seven part one is the first film where we don't actually see McGonagall at all. We don't see her right. again until the second part. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so J.K. Rowling fought really hard to keep McGonagall and Snape at that scene. She fought really hard to keep that scene together. Um, 
I'm very pleased about that because actually I thought that's pretty cool that she stepped in and defended Harry. And mm -hmm. I love the fact that you saw her step in. And when the moment I saw her, I was like, this is so cool. We haven't seen her for ages. Yeah. Like, so yeah. Um, so the sequence at the beginning of the first part where we get 50 bajillion Harrys flying through London to get to mm -hmm. the Weasleys. Um, do you want to guess at how many takes that scene took? 35? Uh, um, higher. 135. 90. 90. 90 takes to get that scene because Daniel wow. Radcliffe had to play all of the characters. So, so yeah, yeah, 90 takes. All right, so in keeping with the numbers, you know, Harry has his lightning scar. Mm -hmm. How many times over the course of the seven films, how many times do you think that Harry, or excuse me, Daniel, had that scar applied to his forehead? For both films? Oh, for, no, the whole franchise. Oh, the whole franchise, sorry. Oh, the whole franchise. 1,087 times. 5,800. Oh, damn. 5,800 times they applied who, that little lightning who, scar. Who did something to take a note of that? <laughs> Any you want to guess how many pairs of glasses uh Daniel Radcliffe went through for the whole franchise? I don't know. Twelve. hundred and sixty. Yeah, your your guesses are a bit low. Okay, numbers. Wands. So the prop department made all of the wands for these films. Everybody, every wand was unique. Even if they were making replicas of, of the same wand, every wand was unique. How many wands, just in these last two films, how many wands do you think that they made? 300? 500. Oh. They made 500 wands just for part seven, just for seven, part one and two. Um, but they kept having to make wands, especially for Daniel Radcliffe, because between takes, he would use his wands as like drumsticks and he would break them. <laughs> And so it just in the outtakes alone, Daniel Radcliffe broke at least 80 wands that had to be replaced by the prop crew. <laughs> I thought they were getting so mad at him. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Um, so, He's done it again. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, so, it, of course, with an iconic film like this, like even the actors like want to keep a part of this film with them when they're done. But <clears throat> before they got to the end of filming, they had a policy where they would actually check people before they left set to make sure that the actors were not leaving with props that were still needed while they were filming. Um, oh, wow. Ron or um, Rupert Grant tried to steal one of those golden eggs from uh, the fourth film and security was like, no, sir, you cannot take that. Put it back. Um, he did eventually end up taking the deluminator that Dumbledore left him in his will. Okay. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe kept Two pairs of glasses, one pair from the first film, one pair from the last film. Um, Hermione, um, Emma Watson, sorry, she kept the time turner, which I thought was super cool. Cause like, if I was Hermione, like that would have been the, the one prop that I would have kept to uh, the time turner. I thought that that piece was so cool, but yeah. Can you imagine like you're freaking Daniel Radcliffe and security is all like, no man, we got to patch down before we let you leave set. Cause we got to make sure you ain't stealing shit. <laughs> I think the best prop to steal on anything was uh, the car from Supernatural. Oh, yeah, baby. 
That yeah. would have been, that definitely would have been nice. Yeah, that would have um, been a while to take them, but anyway. Yeah, so that's all I got for fun facts. No, no worries. Like, um, so <clears throat> I'm going to summarize my four of seven and eight. Okay. It reminds, you know, it was like watching Aven- uh, Avengers Endgame and Infinity War around the wrong way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was basically part one was obviously really slow. Um, really weirdly, I didn't actually have the first time, I didn't have too much of a problem with the slowness. But on this rewatch, I had more of an issue around it and felt like it should have. This is where I'm saying that I should, I think they should have cut more out. Now, then again, my other argument against myself is these are event films. Yeah. And we're never going to see these actors play these roles again. So actually, let's just actually appreciate what we've got yeah. and how many franchises don't get finished because they're not received well. Um, I forgot the name of that franchise, that young adult one. Um, not Twilight. It was, you know how they were making loads of, uh, not Hunger Games, it was the one they never finished. They Divergent series? Divergent series. So like... That they were meant to make a fifth film, I think, and never got made. Never got made because the last one did so badly. So with Harry Potter, it's a huge franchise. Obviously, yeah. Universal have got the parks, and you know, there's the film studios up the road from where I live, and you know, there's just there's video games, there's spin-off movie franchises, you know, theme parks, it. yeah, theme parks, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. So, but we're never going to get to see these actors play these roles again. Like none of them. Like, yeah. I can't imagine, you know, not on the big screen. Yeah, not on the big <clears> screen. <throat> you know, you might see, no, I don't even think they're going to do, I, don't, I can't even see them signing up to do like an Apple TV or HBO TV series. I don't think, I don't well, think they did they, that one think, HBO special. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that yeah. was just them chat. That was a bit like the Friends special, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. About. But I don't think you're ever going to see them play these roles again. So, yeah. my argument, so although I say, I personally think it's part one and two should be cut down and made into one film, I get why they didn't. Firstly, money, money motivated. Money, 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 money. 1.34 billion. Turning 250 million into the amount of money they made from doing two movies. Right. Of course, course it's a no brainer, right? Right. right. Now, as a a fan, I'm not a super fan, but I can imagine super fans of Harry Potter probably loved the fact that this is, you know, the the book, the seventh book has been probably fairly well translated, not a good mm-hmm. book, but like you say, it was a good translation from the book to make these two films. And the yeah. book, I remember the last book was like absolutely chunky. So but it wasn't the biggest book. The biggest book was book five. Um yeah. but yeah it was which was which was why everybody was surprised because it was not that big of a book. Like they couldn't figure out why they split it, but <laughs> one of the things I did enjoy about 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 this though, especially for part one, was actually getting to see Armani and Harry. Yeah. Um, that closeness and that relationship. And it makes me even more annoyed that she ends up with Ron. And <laughs> like, whilst I think the chemistry between her and Ron is non-existent, mm-hmm. the, the chemistry between her and Harry isn't brilliant, but there's far more chemistry between Armani and Harry yeah. than there ever was with Ron. And also the fact that Ron walks out, like I yeah. know he comes back, like, which is great. But he walked out on them and, it, you know, he got jealous. And I know you could say the Horcrux infested his mind and all the rest of it, which is a bit like Lord of the Rings. And, um, yeah. You know, it really, you know, played his mind. I, I still, when I get, when I watch these things, get annoyed that, like, Harry and Hermione didn't get together. It's something I've never understood. Um, I just don't get it. I don't, I don't get why J.K. Rowling went with 
Harry ended up with Ginny and Ron ended up with Hermione. I don't really get it. It doesn't, I've not read the books to see if there's some sort of different interpretation, but having watched these films, it kind of just winds me up. So, uh, <laughs> like, uh, I just don't get it. They, and I, I feel like they were clearly having a moment when they were in the tent dancing. It's a really yeah. nice scene. <clears throat> but honestly, how did they not kiss? How did they not kiss? They spent all this time on their own. Like, they've probably been months on their own. They're having a dance in a tent and they don't. And I know it's a family film, but they didn't even kiss. Yeah. I just didn't get it. She was in love with someone else, man. She couldn't help it. She, I don't think she really accepted it until like this point that, yeah. that she was in love with Ron because it was still like, yeah, she was upset and she was jealous of Lavender in the last mm. one. But I think this was, this was when it finally hit her. Like he's the guy, like, you know, love is love, man. You can't help it. <laughs> yeah, sure. But like, I, I don't know. But anyway, overall, I love these films. You know, like I say, I could always argue it to be cut down, but then I mm-hmm. argue against myself thinking they're event films and let's just, just appreciate what we've got. So. Yeah. I think as far as these two films, um, yeah, the first part is a bit slower. And I think they still could have cut some of that down. Hmm. Uh, like in the last film, in, in the sixth film, they use the quiet moments to great effect. Like mm. it, it makes sense. It fits the tone of the film. It fits the, the sequences. And it feels like it's still driving the story forward, even though nothing is happening and no one is talking. But in this film, we spend so much time with Harry and Hermione while they're on the run, while they're searching for the Horcruxes. And it's like, we don't need five minutes of scenery every time they pitch the tent somewhere else. Like we get it. Like we get it. They're on the run. They're, you know, they got to keep moving. There's no reason for you to like, we don't, I I just felt like we didn't need as much time in each of those places when they were camping. Like that was unnecessary. Um, But I, I will say this movie wastes no time in setting the tone. Like I had forgotten how the film started. And so when Hermione obliviated her parents' memory and like literally erased herself from their memory, I was just like, damn, I mean, that's how we're starting off. Like, that's how this film is going to kick off. Just like, uh, well, I got shit to do and I don't want you to get hurt. So I guess I just got to pretend like, you know, I never existed. And it's just like, that is, that is a heavy thing for a 17 year old to do. You know what I mean? Like it just, so from that moment on the rest of this whole thing, it's just, to me, it all kinds of, it's except for those slow parts, but it all just, it's, it, it lets you know right away. Like this film is different than the rest of the franchise. Like this, this film is very likely where some of your friends angle make it to the very end. I, I did actually like the few things you just said there. When I rewatched it, I forgot how dark it was. Like mm-hmm. I say, Amani getting her family to forget about her. I completely forgot about that. And I was yeah. like, wow, that's real dedication to getting the job done. It's yeah, like, exactly. Like, I'm going to go save the world and look. I can't have you lot ring right. the police and whatever you're going to do. Yeah. Um, and then also just how end of the world it felt. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the empty caravan parks and all this kind of stuff. And I, I don't think they really, in honesty, Although they covered a lot in these two films, I think they should have covered more of the human world. What was going on? Mm-hmm. Like, 
are humans now aware of magic? Like, I just, because the fact that there's all these empty areas, like, you know, yeah. there's, there's a lot of um, alluding to uh, about potentially humans, you know, being brought in line. Like, ha- had there been some sort of concentration camps brought in? Like, they, I don't, th- I don't think they showed enough. It was sort of very yeah. heavily implied. Maybe they, maybe they didn't want to go down that real dark world. Yeah, we got like a few snippets in some of the papers where they would talk about muggle families that were missing or muggle families that had been murdered. Like we got we got a few pieces, but like not not much. I wonder if Warner Brothers didn't want to make it too heavy. I think they didn't want to take the focus away from Harry fighting Voldemort. I think that's kind of what they wanted to keep it to. But that that makes sense though. Like the hell happened to the humans? Do you know what? Like, if HBO want to make a Harry Potter TV series without Harry Potter, like, yeah. well, they could they could actually kind of clip stuff from these two films, yeah, to show you what's going on elsewhere. That would be a cool thing to do. Like, make a six eight episode TV series set it within within uh, within seven. London at the time. Yeah, yeah, showing London at the time. You know, you could kind of dip in. You could actually clip bits from parts one and two mm-hmm. to show us what Harry is doing, like to reference. Yeah, I wouldn't want it to be like a five show thing, like five season show, but like no, a one it. and done, just to kind yeah, of like like that would be pretty cool. What is like, happening to the Muggles while all of this is happening to Harry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. Could it, you could even call the show the Muggles. <laughs> that sounds like a sitcom. Oh no, oh, no, no, no. Like, like, anyway, anyway, uh, right. So, <clears throat> favorite characters? Got any? Got any? Uh, yeah, I got quite a few. Uh, definitely Hermione. Uh, I think she is the backbone of this series. Definitely Neville, because I was very worried that my favorite wouldn't go make it. Um, and I literally, I remember the first time I watched this film, I literally screamed, like, when I realized that Neville was still alive. Yes! Yes! Um, also, as far as, like, loving the bad guys, I love the entire Malfoy family because they were opportunistic until the very end like when when Narcissa went up to um Harry and was like is Draco alive and they worked out some kind of deal and she was like fuck Voldemort like my son is alive I'm gonna help this kid out right here and we're gonna be done with it and then when the Death Eaters started to leave at the after the big battle and just kind of ghost in uh Voldemort and then you see the Malfoy family just like walking down the bridge I was like that's what's up like y'all y'all know you this guy lost like we shouldn't be tied to him anymore fuck it let's go home like I just I loved I loved that they stayed true to themselves like they were just completely opportunistic from from the very first film until the very very last film and I loved that they snuck out as Voldemort's about to get it. They're like, right, no, so, exactly. Like, they were like, no, nah, yeah. that's not my fight. No, 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 let's go now. Like, we were we were on his side, but... Yeah, yeah, nah, yeah. Nah, nah. I'm over it. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. love it. I love the Malfoys. I think, yeah, so I wrote down a couple, of, like, say, Hermione was brilliant. She oh, yeah. really was a completely necessary character in, in his both part, mm-hmm. part one and two. Uh, I love Neville. I, I love his growth. And I've talked about this before, like these sort of background characters that kind of dip up and then go back down again. Mm-hmm. I'm just seeing Neville at the end, giving his speech. I was oh, like, yeah. Oh, and so Neville, good. like, uses the sword of Gryffindor to kill Nagini. And, like, yeah. when he's in the castle, like, or when they're in Hogwarts and he's all like, have you seen Luna? I got to tell her that I like her. It was like, 
love me some Neville, man. I love me some Neville. Why didn't we get a scene with Neville and Luna at, at the train station? Like with, you know, we got Draco and Astoria, but mm-hmm. we didn't get Neville and Luna. Come on, man. So also Ralph Fiennes, Voldemort, oh, honestly, top, oh, yeah. top villain, top acting. Just, I love it. Like when he's like, sort of giving Neville grief, right? You know, <laughs> yeah. Neville steps forward. He's like, oh, you know, I would have wanted better. We'll find but, something you know, for you to do. Here, yeah. And he's all cocky. And then suddenly yeah. Neville goes, actually, I've got something I want to stay. And I just love how Ralph finds, he's trying to keep calm, but you can see the mannerism in his arms. Yeah. Like, he's like absolutely fuming. He's like, yeah. he wants to say something to me, this mm-hmm. little boy. Like, and... To seeing that, like, he kind of, he's like, he, he obviously, what I liked though was he allowed him to speak, but I just saw his arms twisted yeah. and it was like, no boy. Like, yeah. you know, but it was like, yeah, okay. I don't know. Like, I just thought Ralph Fiennes just played the villain so well. Like, yeah. that scene with him and Snape as well. You just could not trust all the war. Oh, no. There was no, his loyalty is just literally to yeah. the moment. Yeah, like he has no loyalty to any single person. Yeah, and the like only that. reason he protected Nagini as hard as he did was because Nagini was a Horcrux. Yeah, so it's just he honestly, yeah, but honestly, Ralph Fiennes such such a good actor. Like, yeah. Um, oh, and I just want to give a shout out to Molly Weasley. Yes, was, not my daughter, you bitch. Yeah, I was about to say that swear word was quite shocking. I'd forgot about that, but like, I just loved how again background characters stepping up. I think yep. that. That's the one thing I think Jake Rowland's done really well. I imagine it must be quite difficult as a writer to have your main cast, but also to give like characters that are in the background, mm-hmm. you know, something about them to make them interesting. Yeah. Like, and not just background fodder, like, you know, like red shirt guy in Star Trek, you know, they're not. <laughs> but, yeah, they're not that. They they are. They actually are people. They actually have a purpose. Armor. Yeah. Yeah. And when they step forward or die, like with Dobby, you're actually like quite upset. Like, yeah. You know, I know you don't care about Dobby, but it was quite quite a moment when Dobby died. It like, was a moment. I will give you yeah. that. I still yeah. don't. I don't feel like I have to like Dobby, but it was a moment. I will recognize yeah. that. Plus, that was like the ending of the first film, and that was just yeah. such a heavy thing to end on. I know. I know. But it was good. It was a good way of ending that film. Yeah, you're like, I want more. It was actually a really sweet line because he said, "This is a beautiful place to be with friends." I was like, I, I, "Okay, I Dobby, lo- I'll give you that." I love Dobby. Like, honestly, just I love that he's up quietly above the chandelier, twisting, <clears> twisting, <throat> twisting, and then like they said something about um, in front of your masters or something like that. He's like, "Dobby has no masters. That yeah. Dobby here to save Harry Potter and my friends." Like, yeah. and then when you see that knife. Flying, 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 flying. Oh, Bellatrix. You're literally like, where is that going to go? Where is that going to go? You know it's going to hit one of them. Yeah. And I, lo- I love that moment, though, that scene where you see Harry Potter. You know it's not going to be Harry. And like, you see Harry step up, and then he's like, seeing one by one where everyone is. And then poor little Dobby. Mm-hmm. Oh, such a touching little moment. Oh, yeah. I-, I, I, will, I will not be swayed. <laughs> I hope he had kids. Like, it'd be good to... I don't, I don't mean like... Because obviously they'll be fatherless. Just well, to, to see, to like, to see what the Dobby lineage is like. Yeah, like if they do a follow up from this, like <clears> you know, <throat> we meet Dobby's son, like <laughs> Dobberson. There you go. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, I just made that up. Like, like <laughs> Dobby's. Oh my yeah. god. 
Yeah, Robert W. Son, Dobson. There you go. Like, uh, okay, that's too much. That's that's uh, too much, Mark. That's too much. Anyway, uh, magical items. I'm going to say my favorite thing is the Elder Wand, but it wasn't yeah, just that the was Elder Wand. On my list, it yeah. was the story. It was the story mm-hmm. that Haman <clears throat> told about the Deathly Hallows, the three brothers. Yeah, the three brothers. I love that story, and I love the fact that they went to animation. Mm-hmm. Like very, very rare to see in a film that's yeah. live action to see them turn to light to animation. So that scene itself was great to see the story of the three brothers. I was like, oh, this is really interesting. I was like, I'd yeah. like to see more of this. And um, I'm sure somebody might message me and go, oh, why don't you go and buy blah, blah, blah whatever. I'm sure there's more out there. But like, I, I thought it was actually a really cool moment. And yeah. I love that Hamani did the narration. Yeah. And I love to see the origins of the Elder Wand. And I thought the Elder Wand was pretty badass. Like, if yeah. I was going to have a wand, I'd want the Elder Wand. Yeah. Like, Who wouldn't? Yeah. Like, I'm not sure if I really want something from death, but like, maybe we'll just get over that. But like, uh, <laughs> I thought it was very cool. What about you? Um, so a couple of things I liked, I really, they did it before in some of the previous films, but like, I really liked the apparition this time. Like I thought that when they apparated from one spot to another, like, especially when they are in the ministry and they are trying to get away and they get caught up and twisted and Ron comes out all mangled, oh, I love that. like yeah, I love that. just the, the way that they apparate. I thought that was so cool. Um, and I thought that they did it really well in this one. Also, my second favorite magical item was Nigiri uh, or Nagini. I loved that big ass snake. I really did. I really did. Just because it was like so creepy and and it's a horcrux. Like I just, I just, yeah. it's so interesting to me that you can have a living thing be a horcrux. Um, so Nagini, I count Nagini as a, a magical item. So that was one of my favorites. Um. Just want to sort of summarize really just my thoughts on the overall of both films. So I think it's great like that these two films felt like a payoff for yeah. being so invested in the first six films. And that actually even <clears throat> with Snape to see the flashback of Harry as a, yeah. as a boy and just to see like how well thought out J.K. Mm-hmm. Rowling put into these characters in the story and just see how the the payoff happens uh, along the way um i love also that and you don't get it in a lot of movies but because we had eight movies the character development across all of them from the main cast to to the to the background characters and i just love that i think i felt genuinely happy with how all of this ended from yeah obviously Voldemort getting killed off but to end it nicely with actually a flash forward in that harry and hermione and ron and even um the, uh, what's his name drake and Malfoy is mm-hmm. you know put, putting their um kids on the train and you know sort of jumping forward to see you know the next um the next generation, generation. Yeah, yeah the next generation i thought that was a nice way of ending it apparently that scene had to be filmed twice like they called them back to do it because they weren't really happy with how much older they looked and um, yeah they don't really, well, they still they still don't look yeah the cg on that one is not that great like, maybe they should just got some older actors in i think so too i, I really yeah. think they should have and they should have like tried to cgi the older actors to maybe look a little bit like the original characters instead of trying to do yeah. it the other way around yeah yeah but overall, I thought, what a nice sort of two movies that mm-hmm. actually we've got some good character development across them. I think that a final battle was amazing. Um, I loved how McGonagall stepped up to Snape. And I love that she actually was there at the, at the end and really, she really stepped up. It's 
I think she was always such a strong advocate of Harry and yeah. to see her step up and sort of defend Harry, but then also defend Hogwarts. Yeah. So I just think it's just a brilliant um, two movies that nicely ties up this whole franchise. And whilst I know essentially Harry Potter 8 is in the theatres, um, set across two parts, I've not seen it yet. And I would like to go and see it at some point in my life. And um, I do think these films nicely tied up the movies. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I, like I said, I think the first movie could have been cut short. But again, I appreciate what we've got because these are event, event films. So, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Overall, I'm pretty happy with them. And I think it ties it up nicely. And um, Any favourite scenes? To be honest with you, I think the, the final battle is probably my favourite scene. Mm. Like, I think Neville stepping up the way he did yeah. uh, was pretty cool. And then he pulls out the sword and then suddenly yeah. Harry Harry rolls rolls out and he's alive. And just, I was like, Harry lives. Yeah. Uh, just, <laughs> like, so I thought that was probably, that was probably my favourite scene in part two. My favourite scene in part one actually was when Harry and Hermione were dancing in the tent and it was like okay, despite, yeah. despite how bleak and horrible everything was like these two had um, that bond and mm-hmm. you know and they could have a fun moment in the world coming to an end yeah um, and, and it's like it kind of makes you think like what we're doing this for what we're living for right. and it's, it's to get things like that back so, yeah that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was a nice thing to throw in. Um, again, I don't know because I'm not in the book, but if that was in the book, that's good too. But I, li- <laughs> I like I like what you said actually about how McGonagall stepped up to Snape and that was in the book and yeah. J.K. Rowling thought to have that in. I thought that was pretty cool too. Like I love that. So I think there's actually what I appreciate is that it's not just about Harry. Mm-hmm. So whilst you could argue. It is Harry versus Voldemort. Of course. But also, he could never have got this far about his friends. But th- but that is the point. Yeah. That that is that is the point of what separates Harry and Voldemort. Like Voldemort, you're doing this because you think you have some claim to it. Whereas Harry is simply doing this out of love. Mm-hmm. And like that's basically kind of what it is. Like yo man you need to open up your heart like you're you're because he says it to him um in the fifth film when they're in the ministry of magic and voldemort reappears and everybody finally sees him and he's like no man i'm the one that feels sorry for you like don't feel sorry for me but like you will never know what love is and he he's never found it and unfortunately he's gone so but yeah any final thoughts on these films yeah i really i really felt like there was the payoff like Mm -hmm. you you get the battle and it's it's dark like at one point you see uh gray wolf like sucking uh lavender's blood like as she's like dead on the ground like you just see all of these dead bodies and apparently in the books it's a little bit more gruesome because like as they're walking through the halls of hogwarts like they are saying the names of the people that they see that are dead um so you the the body count in the book is a lot higher because you recognize the the more kids but like we lose fred fred dies so we lost a twin um uh we lost tonks and lupin and they had just had a baby like they alluded to that um Mm -hmm. at the very beginning of the first part and then they both die so like who's taking care of, of their kid mad eye moody dies off screen in the first part of the film like it's just there's so 
many characters that don't see this through. Um, and so it feels so much more, I don't know, important, I guess, like for the ones who do make it. And I think that that is, that's kind of what ups the emotional value because it's, it's almost like a, everybody is fair game. Like you don't know who's going to make it. And technically Harry had to die in order to defeat Voldemort also. So like we even have Harry dying at one point and him and Dumbledore talking in this weird space between heaven and hell. Like, you know, uh, so I just, I, I love the payoff. I loved that Neville made it. Um, and I think as far as like favorite scenes, right after they leave the Ministry of Magic and Ron is injured, Hermione gets up off the ground after she puts that potion on him gets up off the ground. Both of her hands are bloody. She picks up her wand. She gets straight to work and she puts up that spell that can hide them from anybody else that's coming through. And I just think like that that is such a testament to her character and how strong of a person she is that she literally carries both Harry and Ron on her back. Mm. Like you, you still have blood on your hands. You don't even take the time to clean your, your, future boyfriend's blood off your hands because you know how serious it is for the three of you to be the ones that make it out of this. Um, so I just love her strength and I love that she was strong enough to kind of keep them together, you know? Um, so I just, I really enjoyed it. I think this one is probably the heaviest character film that we've gotten of the whole franchise. Um, but Love the payoff. I didn't feel disappointed. Um, it was nice to see a little bit into Snape. It was really kind of sweet to see that Snape literally loved Lily until her dying breath. Like, or even past that, like Snape never stopped loving Lily. And I think that that is such a testament to like his character. And like, I'm really glad that Harry kind of came around and realized that Snape wasn't the bad guy. Um, and so much so that he named his kid Albus Severus Potter. So. I think that was actually quite a nice payoff because you kind of don't expect Harry to think about Snape. But yeah. It, was, yeah, it was a good link between the two of them. And actually, yeah, I think it was a nice twist to find out that Snape wasn't the bad guy. Like right. they kind of, they basically alluded sort of throughout all the films that Snape mm-hmm. had that, that dark, darkness about him. And actually, yeah. again, it was out of love. So, yeah love makes well, you do crazy things man what's the message here man like, <laughs> love, love. Do, do you know though it does make you think this whole film the films are just about love really like harry's mom saved harry mm-hmm. from love harry harry's friends all love him you yeah know, that's why 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 they did crazy things like against Voldemort. you know yeah um but yeah so no it's definitely like like you just said love will make you do crazy things so anyway yeah rate both these films i'm just gonna do it as one because i feel like this is just one film really although it's called part one and two yeah um i'll probably just give it 10 out of 10 wow yeah like, oh wow i that's like, have you ever given a 10 well no i mean we've only been doing the 10 to these films oh, okay well um, i have we've been doing with previous to harry yeah harry Potter, we, we have given fives. some fives yeah we have yeah, yeah. but we went for okay. 10 so we could do a scale like we felt okay. like it was more scale yeah, 
we returned to five, like after this. We felt like there was like eight films, but yeah. Um, anyway, I no, I'm not giving a ten for the whole of the franchise. So this is my first thing. Ten. Um, both films as one. I'm going nine. I'll go nine, ten, just close, because yeah. like it's hard to separate, even though these are like individuals. Like it's hard to separate them from the ones that came before. So yeah, yeah. when you put oh, it all yeah. together, like I just it it the, the payoff is so good. Like the payoff is there. Like all the bad guys that you want to die don't make you know, like what I mean. It's just like I, I, I didn't feel disappointed. This was nothing like Dexter, where it's just like I gave you eight seasons, I gave you eight years of me watching this series, and this is what you do to me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go nine. I won't I won't go quite as high as you did, but I, um a nine is the highest rating I've given. I think it's a ten. The special effects, the, the writing, the, the production, the emotion. Right? emotion. I mean, yeah, we had everything. We had a wedding. We had people dying. Oh, we had a good. war. Like, good. we had so much stuff. We had uh, people giving birth. Like, we just had so much going on in this one. It definitely felt like one of those sort of young adult fantasy movies, like a Twilight. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That film franchise you said a minute ago, uh, Divergent. It felt, yeah, Divergent. Yeah. It felt very. It felt very much a jump between six to this like book six into this yeah. sort of very young adult end of the world type story that we have with things like the virgin twilight mm-hmm. games, that kind of thing. uh well, actually not so much twilight like twilight, yeah hunger hunger games are hunger games yeah definitely yeah yeah hunger games is diverging so uh anyway uh kind of brings our harry potter run to an end um that was fun though so, yeah that was good i'm glad we we worked through that yeah. so um we'll be continuing our run towards our epic 100 episode so not many to go uh as we count down towards our milestone we're going to continue in the harry potter world yep next episode we're going to do all three fantastic beats films oh that's a lot we're going to do yeah. it we're doing it we're probably going to talk about them a little bit less. Yeah. Anyway, oh. so you can follow us on social media. We're Geeks Unleashed everywhere Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Come say and hi. You can get this podcast wherever you get your podcast Google, Podbean, Apple, Spotify. We are everywhere. So please leave us a five star review and tell your geeky friends. And uh, respect the journey. Good journey. <laughs> <laughs>